folks, I'm WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and you're listening to the podcast Small Package. Give me a hold, buddy. everybody welcome back to another episode of the small package show uh my name is cory poindexter and uh wow today i am not joined by the carl anderson to my luke gallows uh no bob just me running down stuff for you guys uh it's been a minute since we've been back on the air um but we haven't forgot about you there's big things coming you know we're working on a lot of new stuff here um exciting stuff here at uh, Small Packet. We are hard at work on some new shows and new content for the channel. Uh, one of the big things we want to talk about is uh, we're working on a show called Small Package Championship Wrestling SPCW. You might hear us talk about uh, some of the SPCW stuff in uh, other content going forward. Um, and we did mention it on our last episode that it was in the works. So, uh, Small Package Championship Wrestling is a role-playing game podcast where Bob and I, along with some of our friends, friends of the show, uh, play a, a RPG system set up to role-play through a wrestling promotion, uh, which is SPCW. That's a lot of fun. We've been working on that. We've been recording some episodes of that. Um, so that's where a lot of our time has been as of late, working on just uh, crafting that, you know, coming up with characters for the show and uh, working on storylines for that, recording the episodes. Uh, friends of the show, Nico Alfonso and Phil Martinez, uh, have been helping us out with that. Episode one is planned to go out this weekend, the weekend of Extreme Rules 2019. Uh, so we're hoping to have episode one of that up for you guys this weekend uh, to show it off. And we have a few more episodes in the pipeline. The plan as of now is to try to have a bi-weekly release schedule for SPCW episodes. Um, you know, we've talked about it on air before. You know, I'm a freelancer, uh, audio engineer. So uh, my schedule is usually a little more flexible. So it's a mix between regular schedules and that freelance sort of... Uh, flexibility so uh we're working with our schedules trying to find regular times to record of course uh it's a little bit more editing intensive for me uh right now nico is living back in pittsburgh for the time being so both uh nico and also usually phil are playing with us remotely so it's a little bit of technical figuring out to do uh we've we've recorded a few sessions uh, for one of them, Nico was actually here in New York visiting, which made things <laughs> luckily a lot easier on that one. Uh, but, you know, going forward, we're, we're finding the best ways to 
find time to record the show and, uh, you know, record it on multiple locations and put it all together in post. So it's been a little bit of a challenge, but it's been a, a fun challenge. Um, and, uh, I'm really excited to show this content to you guys out there. Um, because it's exciting. It's new. It's different. Um, it's been a lot of fun to work on, but you know, that has consumed a lot of time. Uh, Bob and I have also been kicking around a, um, a smaller show, uh, you know, usually small package show, you know, runs somewhere between a half hour to an hour, depending on how much we have to talk about, if there's predictions to make. Um, so that being a longer show, uh, we also are aware that some people are a little more turned off by longer form podcast content. And so we've been kicking around this idea of also doing a bite sized show. Uh, we haven't exactly locked down a name for it. And in the first few episodes of it that we recorded, um, which will also be going up soon, you'll, <laughs> you'll hear us call it by several different names. Um, so we've been working on that as well. Some of those episodes are going to start coming out. Uh, I think tentatively the name is smaller package. Uh, so that's fun. Um, but name is not exactly locked down yet. Um, hopefully that'll be going up soon. And hopefully this weekend, the first episode of SBCW will be going up. But in the meantime, here I am, uh, talking about extreme rules this weekend. Um, also there's some, you know, other wrestling world news to sort of briefly touch on. I won't keep you guys too long, uh, since I'm recording this by myself. Uh, briefly getting into some of the things that have been going on, uh, this weekend is not only, uh, extreme rules, um, which staying true to form from the last several years of extreme rules, not super extreme, not a lot of extreme rules matches on the cards. Um, but not only is it extreme rules this weekend, it is also AEW's, uh, fight for the fallen, which is a show they're putting on as a charity uh, event, but also a uh, WWE is putting on uh, Evolve's 10th anniversary show, and they'll be going on at about the same time, which a lot of people thought was sort of a weird, weird flex from WWE to make the first ever non WWE event that would be shown on the network coincide with a charity event for AEW. Um, and it could be a situation like that, it, you, you could easily have that air of cynicism and look at it like WWE going directly up against a charity event because it's being run by AEW. Personally, I'm not 100% sold on that theory. Um, uh, Evolve, I think it's 131, the 10th anniversary show, was already going to be that weekend anyway. And I think that with WWE's increasing relationship with Evolve over the last several years um you know and and evolve has almost been a pipeline for them you know a lot of nxt talent and even main roster talent that they have currently either started in evolved or at least went through evolve and was showcased in evolve and wwe has even sent talent to evolve to perform you know street profits have performed there uh tyler breeze recently bob and i went to uh, evolve uh we posted about it on our facebook saw um roderick strong was there performing tyler breeze also wrestled 
Um, other members of Undisputed Era were there. We've seen Velveteen Dream personally wrestle in Evolve, and that was great. So, you know, and, and not to mention all the other wrestlers who started in Evolve, or at least wrestled in Evolve on the indies, and then came to WWE. So I, I think that this is just sort of WWE capitalizing on the fact that it's a big event for Evolve, not just a regular Evolve show. Um, and this goes along with a lot of the things we've talked about the last couple of years about rumor mills, you know, talking about Evolve and WWE becoming closer and closer. And uh, we've seen Evolve perform at, you know, WrestleMania access and other, you know, WWE high profile events. So this isn't completely out of nowhere. I personally don't think that they specifically put it on to fight against a charity event. Um, I think it might be unfortunate timing or fortunate timing, depending on how you want to look at the situation. Other wrestling news going around. Um, there's this stupid nonsense with Joey Janela and uh, formerly known as Enzo Amore. Uh, Enzo, as he's going now. Um, and this is all just stupid. <laughs> my 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 take on it is is this is just absolutely nonsense. I don't remember who started it. I think Joey Janela tweeted something mentioning Enzo Amore, and the two of them went back and forth on Twitter, and then allegedly it it it, it what involved Joey seeing Enzo outside of a Blink One Eighty Two concert in New Jersey, and walking up to him and asking if he wanted to fight. And basically challenging him to a fight. And then it was a basically a big nothing fight of of people dancing around with their fists up. And then after they left, they resumed the beef on Twitter. Uh, Enzo, you know, he accused Janela of clout chasing by starting this with him. And it's not exactly, you know, a clear cut case of who started what. Um, I think it's very funny, Enzo, accusing someone of clout chasing. Uh, with some of the antics he's pulled over the last year or two. And honestly, my opinion on the situation is Joey Janela needs to like back off of this. Joey Janela, it is in your best interest, in my opinion, to just leave the whole situation alone and don't give Enzo any more time of day. Because essentially, other than Enzo's own little bubble of fans that he has, you are the one by reacting who enables us to continue to get attention. And I think it's important that right now, especially with, you know, the match you had with Moxley um, uh, and at fighter fest, I think that right now you're on the rise. And I think that as much as a beef like this can get you attention, You've already been getting attention for better reasons. So I think personally, Joey should just leave this whole thing behind and move forward. Uh, other things to talk about Alexa Bliss, this angle going on into Extreme Rules. Um, I've liked the story of her and Nikki Cross and Nikki being sort of a, a tweener character right now, siding with Alexa, blinded to Alexa's wicked ways. Um, and it was interesting because we had on SmackDown a beat the clock challenge to determine the stipulation for the match at Extreme Rules. And Alexa was nowhere to be seen. And so Nikki fought on her behalf, 
won the challenge and announced that it would be a two-on-one handicap match for the championship. Uh, obviously implied that if Alexa won or Nikki won, Alexa would get the title, uh, but not entirely explained <coughs> exactly how the two-on-one would work. Um, some people were like, well, why wouldn't Alexa be there? And why wouldn't Alexa do the fight or at least be there to announce the stipulation? Uh, and it turns out that's because Alexa Bliss is currently fighting a pretty nasty sinus infection. Um, <clears throat> and that's, uh, you know, super unfortunate. Hopefully she gets better in time for extreme rules. Uh, people are saying that this has had effects on the storyline and that's why they had Nikki fight in the beat the clock challenge and announce the stipulation. And I think it's especially unfortunate timing right now, but, uh, you know, Alexa bliss just had the, uh, the three sixty five episode air not too long ago on the network. Fascinating series. I love the three sixty five stuff. I love how it, it doesn't completely destroy kayfabe, but it does give you a peek behind the curtain at the person and a kind of more behind the scenes, a realistic behind the scenes look than we get on a lot of their programming. Uh, the AJ Styles one was fantastic. The Kevin Owens one was amazing. And Alexa Bliss's was also a very well put together doc. And it was neat to follow that. And, you know, getting to see her, her struggle with the injuries she's had to deal with. And she's back on track. She's back in the ring and everything's been going pretty well. So I hate to see something like this kind of derail that. And I hope she gets better soon. And I really hope she's in the ring on Sunday at Extreme Rules. Um, other news. Um, Bob and I have not been following Raw on SmackDown uh, as much as we did, you know, maybe a year ago, but following it a little bit more than maybe three months ago. Uh, and an exciting change that I don't think we've really gotten to talk too much about is that, you know, Heyman uh, has been named the you know director of Raw and, Bischoff, and Eric Bischoff has been named the director of SmackDown, not kayfabe not on-screen talent, but behind the scenes. Um, and it it appears that Heyman has already started to have a very hands-on approach with the show and that Bischoff is more easing into the role currently. Uh, that he himself, he, he gave, I don't know if it was a full interview or a quote, where he was saying that he doesn't feel fully qualified yet. So he's easing into it. Um, and so he'll have more input later on SmackDown. But for the time being, Heyman already has a pretty heavy hand from my understanding in uh, the storylines for raw and the shows have been a little bit better the last couple of weeks. Uh, we've seen some really great, some really great promo work from uh, Kevin Owens from uh, Xavier Woods. Um, we've seen just, you know, better promos in general. It's felt pretty good. There's still stuff. I don't like, I don't like how much Shane Mac- McMahon <clears throat> is on the programming right now. The Baron Corbin to quote Wrestle Talk mid card vortex is just very strong. And there's a lot of storylines going into Extreme Rules that I don't love. I wish that this Corbin and Lacey Evans nonsense with Rollins and Becky Lynch would just sort of die already. Strowman and Lashley, you know, they've been going at it for what feels like forever. Um, and Undertaker coming back for another match is just. I don't I don't even know what to say about it. WWE actually just put out a t-shirt. I think it was like yesterday or the day before uh, for their tag team ahead of their matched extreme rules against McIntyre and Shane O'Mac, uh, where they officially named the team the great uh, the graveyard dogs. And 
I, on one hand, I heard the name and I groaned. On the other hand, I was like, wow, it just feels like kind of like an old school name for a team. And I don't hate it as much as I thought I initially would. It's not a great name. And the t-shirt's kind of just not amazing. But I don't know. Is this a real thing going forward? Probably not. I think it's a one-off. I kind of hope it's a one-off. I love Undertaker. I think he's amazing. One of my favorites of all time. But he hasn't really shown that he can still go in the ring lately. And I worry that this match is either going to be him having 60 seconds of offense and then napping a lot, maybe one sit-up before the finish, or it's going to be him not looking strong. The Goldberg thing at the Saudi Arabia show that we didn't watch, I saw GIFs online and read reactions of the match with Goldberg, and I'm glad I didn't watch it. It sounds awful. It sounds like it would have been a terrible thing to watch. I just, I don't know, man. Just At some point, a lot of the times, we, we say, oh, I would love to see them have one more match. You know, I'd love to see one more match. And it's like, but would you, though? Because a lot of these guys that have been coming back, legend matches, it's not, it's, they're not in the same shape as they were when they were 20, 30 years old. And you got to take a man in his 50s and ask him to, you know, lift people up. And I know that there's assists. I know that they're ju- the jumps are there. But still, even with the guys who are younger, like Goldberg clearly is another, you know, older guy in his 50s. So that just was a train wreck from the get. But even still, you know, asking Drew or Roman to do that kind of stuff for him, he has to do some of it himself, too. And I just don't know that it's there. And I don't, it's not an attack. It's not a dig on the man. No pun intended. It's, he's in his fifties, man. Like, you know, he put in a couple decades of working for this company, like ruining his body. I think you guys earned a little bit of retirement or at least transition him. I mean, it's, it's tough when your gimmick was the undertaker to transition to a backstage role or an on air role. I don't think you can transition. Mark Galloway into an on-air role. It just doesn't work. You know, it's one thing to be, you know, a road dog, you know, and then just, you know, come out for a role like that. But to be the undertaker, you can't exactly come on to Monday Night Raw and be like, hey, you know, thanks for tuning into Monday Night Raw. I'm the undertaker. That would never fly. But, you know, regardless of using or not using on-air it just doesn't work and uh, it makes for painful stuff to watch anyway. So hopefully Alexa bliss gets better. Hopefully extreme rules is good. There's a lot of ifs, but we'll see on Sunday how it all goes. Uh, Don't forget that Brock Lesnar, Mr. Money in the bank. I still can't fucking believe that Uh, he, you know, could wink, cash in on Sunday. I honestly think that they're saving that angle for SummerSlam. I don't believe that he will cash in, but who knows? Anything's possible, right? Um, I think that's it for wrestling news for today that I'm going to talk about at least, you know, I'm not, not sure. Usually I have Bob sitting next to me and he can check for something in case I missed it. I don't really think there's anything that I missed uh, that I want to talk about. So I'll get right into our predictions. Uh, I have not seen Bob's yet. They are written down and were secret to me 
before I made my predictions. So we have uh, Alistair Black is taking on Cesaro. It turns out that that was the reveals that Cesaro is the man who knocks. Uh, there were some rumors that it might have been Randy Orton, but uh, he's also dealing with an injury right now. Uh, I predicted Alistair Black to win and Bob predicted Alistair Black to win. Next up, we have Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley in a last man standing match. Uh, one of the only, you know, quote unquote extreme stipulations on the card. I predicted Bobby Lashley to get the win, uh, which kind of goes against some, some rumors that Braun Strowman's going to get another monster push, pun intended, uh, with Heyman in charge. But I don't know. I think that they might give this one to Lashley. Bob has predicted Braun Strowman. We have Undertaker and Roman Reigns, the Graveyard Dogs, taking on Drew McIntyre and Shane O'Mac in a no-holds-barred tag team match. Uh, Bob and I both have the Graveyard Dogs, Undertaker, and Roman Reigns. U.S. Championship match, we have Ricochet defending against AJ Styles with the club at ringside. Uh, no stipulation. Bob has predicted Ricochet, and I predicted AJ Styles. I think that the club interference will play in. Revival versus Usos. Revival defending the Raw Tag Team Championships. No stipulation. Regular tag team match. Bob and I both have the Revival. SmackDown (laughs) SmackDown Live. Yeah. SmackDown Tag Team Championships. We have uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan defending in a triple threat match against the New Day and Heavy Machinery. Uh, I predicted the New Day will win the titles. And Bob Big Twist predicts Heavy Machinery will get their first main roster tag team championships. Drew Gulak is defending the 205 Live Cruiserweight Championship against Tony Nese. I have picked Tony Nese to win, and Bob thinks Gulak will retain. Uh, Bailey, SmackDown Live Women's Championship, as mentioned before, is defending her championship against Alexa Bliss in a two-on-one handicap match, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Bailey. Bob has predicted Bailey to retain. I have predicted that Nikki Cross will win the match. And I didn't write down if that meant Alexa would be the champion or not. I think they're going to have Nikki pick up the pinfall victory, and that's going to start the angle. So I believe that that team will win. Uh, We have Kofi Kingston, SmackDown Live men's champion, uh, defending against Samoa Joe. Bob and I both have Kofi winning that match. Um, I, I just, I think that it might be leading to Joe getting the belt, but I don't think it's going to happen at extreme rules. And finally, in (laughs) what is just my least favorite match on the card, and it shouldn't be because it has both Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch in it. Uh, but if you haven't been watching the storyline they're going with is, you know, Corbin keeps challenging Seth for the championship and losing Lacey Evans keeps challenging Becky for the, the, the raw women's championship and losing. So this time Corbin and Evans have teamed up to challenge Becky and Seth, uh, and have, they, they issued a, a joint challenge and they were like, and for our stipulation and, you know, Becky and Seth cocky, we're just like, Oh, it doesn't matter what the stipulation is. We'll accept whatever. So the, the stipulation is it's a mixed tag team match where if either Corbin or Evans wins the pinfall, they get both championships. And 
You know, it's at this point, it's like, I feel like it's stupid to put the belts on Corbin and Evans, but also it's been going on for so long where, you know, with Evans and Becky and Corbin and Rollins, that if they don't win, then what was the fucking point? So I don't know at this point who I want to see win because it's not like I'm going to be that excited about Rollins and Becky winning because I assume that they're going to win. But if Corbin and Evans win, I'm definitely not excited about that. Bob and I have both predicted that Rollins and Becky will retain. So who knows? We're going to have to see how that goes. The storyline has just been not that great. I cannot wait for Bray Wyatt to debut with his revamped gimmick. I've been so excited by the Firehouse uh, Firefly Funhouse segments on Raw and SmackDown and the puppet cameos in the background the last few weeks and just... Every, oh, one more thing, actually, before I wrap this up. Uh, another angle and storyline that I just am just baffled by is this whole Mike and Maria Canellis, like shades of cuckery, uh, a storyline where they just signed new deals. They they signed five years extensions, uh, which is great for them. You know, because they might have been able to go somewhere else and and, and you know have a little bit more creativity and, and TV time. But this is something stable for them. It's a paycheck. Um, and Maria Canellis had recently found out that she was pregnant. You know, there's rumor mill stuff about did she find out before that she signed the deal with WWE and not tell them? And that's why we're getting the storyline. Or did she find out after she signed it and WWE was pissed? And that's why we're getting the storyline. Or, you know, not looking at it cynically like that. Maybe this is something that WWE's not pissed about. This is just the way they wanted to go with creative regardless. Who fucking knows, man? It's such a, a whack storyline, though. And it involved Becky and Seth in a mixed tag team match against Mike and Maria. And Maria was about to get hit by Becky, and she screamed, Stop, I'm pregnant. And Mike was like, oh, my gosh, you're pregnant. And then he wound up getting caught by surprise by Becky. And he tapped out to the disarmor, which I'm fine with that part of it. But then afterwards, you know, Maria was cutting a Lacey Evans like promo on Becky and Seth being like, oh, you know, like, oh, well, she's the man. And what does that make you, Seth? And then she said, you know, she basically said that she is pregnant, but she doesn't even know if it's Mike's because she, he's not man enough to put a baby in her. And they continued it this past week on Raw again. At first, I thought maybe this is just a weird one-off and then we'll never have to hear about it again. But then they did backstage stuff where he was getting her like pickles and ice cream and shit. And she's saying that she doesn't know if it's his baby because he's not man enough to impregnate her. And I'm just like, what is this storyline? You know, the 24-7 championship storyline has been a little weird with, you know, I love our truth, but some of it's been weird with Drake Maverick's wedding and his and him saying that he loves the belt more than his wife. But even that storyline, I'm just sort of like, it's pretty funny. It's at least kind of funny, you know, but like this, this Mike and Maria Canella storyline, <laughs> it's definitely not for me. I don't know who the hell it's for, but it's, it's certainly not for me. Anyway, that's our predictions for Extreme Rules. Go ahead and hit us up and, uh, you know, send us tweets, post on our Facebook, and let us know your predictions. Uh, Like I said, we have some new content coming out soon. We're going to be talking about AEW more. We're going to be talking about MMA stuff probably more. Uh, we're, We're starting to get back into our WWE content, but the big thing is we're coming out with this RPG, you know, live role playing. Uh, 
wrestling show, Small Package Championship Wrestling. So that first episode, hopefully coming up this weekend ahead of Extreme Rules. Working really hard to try to get it out there for you guys. After you listen to SPCW, we really need your feedback. We want to make the show better. So once you get a chance to listen to it, hit us up. You can follow uh, me and Bob together on Twitter at Small Package POD. Uh, also, that's our Facebook, you know, facebook.com backslash Small Package POD. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and social media at CB Pointexter. And even though he's not here, you can follow Bob Feckety at Bob Feckety on Twitter, Mr. Verified Worldwide. Anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the Small Package Show. Uh, we'll be back again soon, hopefully at full strength. Uh, hopefully we'll be off power play and have everybody on the ice. But thank you guys so much for tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hit, a, hit us with hit, hit, Who hits it? Who hits us with it? I guess it's me. Small Package.